This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Folks nowadays are looking for jobs that are their passion. Do you know someone whose passion is vehicles? We're going to talk today about mechanic training. Uh, We've got a guest expert, so what do you want to know? But that's also just between your vehicle repair questions. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Who's your friend? This is Larry from UTI here. He's gonna. We're going to be talking about the training of individuals to get into the automotive business today. Awesome. Universal Technical Institute. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. And, I, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, what do you do at, at UTI? Well, currently I uh, am the admissions representative for Louisiana, Mississippi, but my, my history with UTI goes way back. I actually graduated from UTI in 1993 and was a professional technician technician for 10 years on motorcycles until was recruited to come back and work for the school. And so now my passion is helping people get into the industry. And it's really rewarding to see the opportunities that these students have when they graduate. So who, who are the students? Are they kids out of high school that coach? Well, coach, would your students who have taken it in high school also go there or... Yeah, if you're in a vocational class, you really don't have to be in a vocational class to get the training. And uh, Larry would come in, he would talk to the students. And the thing is, he would talk to the students. It wouldn't be just about that career. It would be about what do they want to do? As you said when you started the show earlier, what is your passion? And to get in any career, you need to have a passion for it. And I think automotive is with all the technology that is changing and everything that's going on with automotive that we need those technicians to get in it. If it's female, if it's male, or if it's veterans, or if it's older people, we need people in the automotive industry. Second career time. I mean, you don't want to, if you don't like sitting at a desk and you love fixing classic cars or you love motorcycles or you are a techie and you love electric vehicles, I would think this would be a a fantastic opportunity to pick up a different career. I think sometimes um, people don't have the tendency to move to something else unless they're pushed a little bit. And here, uh, UTI and other technical schools sort of push your passion to do what you want to do. So we're we're talking about uh, training to become a mechanic, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got Coach back this week, so he's happy to take your vehicle repair questions. Uh, Larry, tell us something about some of the training and some of the things that are going on in order to spur the interest of technicians today. Well, you know how the industry is changing and technology is advancing and really there's a lot of young people that are getting into the industry i mean me i I work personally i work with high schools directly however i do work with adult students as well and the big advantage that these young kids have today is really the fact that they were all born with cell phones in their hands and so they're not afraid of picking up that scan tool and the learning curve is a lot easier 
So it's not necessarily you have to have a passion for wrenching and using wrenches. Really, you have to have a passion for technology to so get the, in the industry. So the mechanical part of it is still there, but the technology of using scan tools and programmers are there now where students can really adapt to it a little easier, especially the younger students. Correct. Okay. Correct. What are some of the training aspects that you see in the future that we have going on? Well, really, it's there is a big push towards electric and hybrid vehicles. I mean, they're going to be a big part of the industry, of course. So that's something that we are already training our students on. We have been for the past year, and then we have a lot of relationships with manufacturers. So Ford being one of them, they actually have a big push in their factory program through UTI that kids really, really, well, students, not just kids, but students get really deeply involved on how to work on all these electric and hybrid vehicles and all the info. Ta- info systems and the computers in there like the ford raptor has 50 different computers inside of it okay we did a computer show on here before talking about the different type modules and the body control modules the power control module transmission control module if you don't really know about that as a high school student or even a individual that's growing up now that has a family and all so this would be something that we all should know about and how in order for us to know about our cars, really, right? Yeah, you really should have an idea what is uh, going on with that. So when it does go to the shop, if you have to take it to a shop, you have an understanding of what they're doing. And that way, when you know you get your final bill, you're like, okay, I understand why that this repair is so costly. Because if we don't have the understanding, then we don't know exactly what they're talking about. So it's just really we need to put it in layman terms of how they can understand it, right? Correct. With training to become a mechanic, is it now almost essential that uh, a person goes to a, a school that could afford the training uh, facilities and the training technology? Do they have many, uh, what do you call it, uh, apprentices or you know, at a shop? Or do you, you really need to go to some kind of technical facility well ford has a program called asset and it really kind of gets the ball rolling and that's a good way to go especially if a a young student or or they don't have the ability to go to a campus somewhere it's just it's a very long learning curve and you typically don't start as a technician you'll go on what's called the the quick lube they're really it's very rare to find apprenticeships these days And the biggest push, too, is the fact that having factory certifications, because that directly impacts whether a technician can do warranty work or not. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I I guess um, a lot of these manufacturers, do do they have their own schools or do they certify people at uh, like a, a campus? It's a combination. So with, and again, I'm not trying to just push UTI or vomit UTI over everybody. So with our program, we have relationships with over 35 different brands between auto, diesel, motorcycle, and marine. And so with that, that gets them further along faster. However, that's not to say that a dealership wouldn't hire a student that went to the local community college because the other form of training is done at the dealership. So what we're going to really need, if you're going to be a technician, Liz, I think that we really need up-to-date vehicles up-to-date training what the manufacturer wants the vehicle or the technician to know about those vehicles because 
like I say, some schools will teach old school, and that's back, you know, we don't need to be learning about carburetors today. We need to be learning about fuel injection, laser ignition, <laughs> stuff like that. And how do you see anything else? How do you see the technology changing for UTI and for students and the community colleges to be able to teach this stuff? Well, the challenge with community colleges, and I'm again, it's not any fault of theirs. They have great programs for what they do. But the challenge is, especially with a lot of manufacturers, you have to have a relationship with a manufacturer to get the update training. Or you can't go down to AutoZone and have them scan a brand new car because they're typically the ODB reader will not talk to the car. And the manufacturers do not give that information to independent shops. So that's because Coach and I both know dealerships make money in the service department. It's not selling cars, it's service and parts. So they're not going to give away their moneymaker to an aftermarket shop with their technology on scan tools. So even if you're going out and buying the fancy scan tools and everything, they're still not going to have everything in there because, once again, the manufacturers have so long that they have priority over all that information. And then after after a while, they have to give that information up, but it's after a few years. And uh, to tag on to what you were asking me about, the community college, again, being unfortunate, they don't have these relationships or the funding to get the newer vehicles and the newest technology for students to train on. It's not that those students don't have opportunities in the industry, but again, it's just the curve of moving up takes a lot longer. All right. We're talking today about mechanic training. If you've got a question, send us emails. We love them. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about mechanic training with our new friend, Larry Pluchak from UTI. Is your car under recall? Find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill, and if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here are some recent recalls. Hyundai and Kia vehicles are being recalled for a fail of the failsafe of the limited mobility drive mode. Audi and VW SUVs are being recalled for damaged engine bearings. And I guess I didn't realize this. Audi and Bentley are Volkswagen's luxury brand and ultra-luxury brand. I didn't even know there was ultra-luxury. Anyway, I guess that's what Bentleys Bentleys are. Uh, They're being recalled for faulty rear-view displays. And don't forget, you can find out if your car or truck or car seat or tires has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, NHTSA.gov slash recall. Just put in that VIN or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking today about mechanic training with our guest from UTI, Larry Plutark, Plutak, and we are also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. Um, Larry, I guess when someone is starting an automotive career and you're getting a job, 
I, you know, there, I guess there's all kind of continuums on what kind of certification or degrees or whatever you can bring to an employer. What tell tell me a little bit about that? Well, that is correct. I mean, uh, with the factory programs at UTI, the kids will graduate with some and a lot of their certifications, but there's always updates throughout the years with new vehicles coming out. And when those update trainings come out, the manufacturers will then send you to those trainings, which are paid and covered by the manufacturer. So again, it's just having the factory certifications after spending about 14 months with UTI, it it puts you years ahead of the competition because the dealerships know this student can hit the ground running and pretty much do whatever is necessary at a dealership. Let me ask you a question. Are dealerships more likely to have uh, to hire somebody that has UTI training or college training than someone right off the street? Uh, because, like I say, you, if they didn't have the certifications, they're going to put them in the lube uh, section of them. But really, a lot of these manufacturers and dealerships are looking for people that can hit the road running and working on their vehicles right off, even though they may not be trained exactly what they want because a lot of uh, dealerships train their uh, workers. That's true. And coming off the street with no kind of training in your background, like I did it at my house, probably extremely rare to get into a dealership maybe with a you know an aftermarket shop that would pick you up training from a high school or a community college it's always based on the student as well you know you could get a rock star it doesn't matter what school they go to and they're going to hit the ground running it's just a lot of students even some students that come to UTI that don't necessarily take it seriously they'll go to the quick lube as well so it's all about what's inside you and how serious you are about the industry and making it a career. Just the feather in your cap is the factory certifications help you get fast. Get well, there. the thing, the reason I was asking that, Liz, is that uh, me uh, teaching at Clinton High School, we've had a lot of students go to UTI uh, in order to do that. Great. All right, let's go to the phone calls. Oh, we're so glad Jerry's called in. Can always count on Jerry. Jerry from Bay Springs, what's your comment or question for Coach and our uh, guest? Uh, I, my my comment is that uh, the way things are changing with the electric cars becoming more and more common, that uh, some of the mechanics now, especially the young ones, probably need to be studying electric motors and electronics a lot more maybe than they have in the past. Um, there'll still be gas cars around for years and years, but there's going to be more and more electrics, and I don't know whether... UTI is doing anything like that or not, but they certainly should be. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Jerry. So, uh, Jerry, I appreciate that comment. And actually, if you look at our program that's about 14 months, six months of that program is all dedicated to electronics. So we're really, really focusing on that information so our students can hit the ground running, especially with electric and hybrid vehicles. Coach, just wondering... Do mechanics have to solder, or if a module goes bad, you just got to get a whole new module? Well, some of them they can repair. I just know that in high school and the vocational, especially in Mississippi, that you see a lot of the teachers changing and teaching electronics because electronics is a big part of the vehicles today, and so they're teaching that. And really with any 
I would say junior college or UTI, the student needs to have some background already before they go there, not necessarily to pass the classes, but it just helps the student if they're coming out of vocational class, something like that. Another thing I was going to ask Jerry, I mean, uh, Larry about this is that how about the military? Uh, how, how do y'all help the veterans and all in the military transition to out of the uh, military? Well, as a matter of fact, we have an entire military team, and their main focus is to help veterans transition. And uh, we are a VA-approved program, so if you have any benefits from the military, GI Bill, things of that nature, that could be used to attend our program. And it's just it's a blessing for veterans. I myself am a veteran. I know you're a veteran. And just to see not only UTI but all these organizations across the country helping us out and we're we're one of those, and we're really, really big on helping veterans make that transition to civilian life. Great. I was just, you know, I was just thinking, Liz, as Jerry was talking about the electronics in the vehicle today, not only do we have the electronics of the gasoline engine, but we do have the electronics of the electrical engines. Talking about the uh, electric motors, that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Knowing how much amperage and how much voltage these things can change and how it changes according to how fast you're going and stuff like that. And so I think that with... uh, high school with uh, junior colleges and technical schools that that's one of the, the most important things that that student has to be able to comprehend is the electrical part of it yeah without a doubt I mean if you don't you don't you don't realize how many sensors vehicles have these days and when things go bad how what other things it can affect like in my SUV the wheel speed sensors went out but I also have an electronic transmission. So since the wheel speed sensors aren't talking to my transmission, it won't shift. Yeah. So easy fix. But if I wasn't in the industry and I didn't know about that, I'd be sitting here going, what the heck's going on? So the electronics are absolutely imperative to understand. And speaking of electronics, it's cold outside and my hybrid battery is going like, well, it gets too cold. What's going on with that? Well, once again, those batteries, uh, if it's if, if it's not a hybrid or if it's uh, whatever type of battery it is, usually what happens is batteries start going bad in the summer. They don't really go bad in the wintertime. That's when they tell you that they're bad. You know, so what I would have, uh, your vehicle's new. I would take it to the, man, to the dealership, have them check that battery and say, well, saying it's cold outside, something's wrong because that thing should work just as it did when it was hot. Well, I think it, it uh, I guess it, it takes a, a little bit to warm up. You know, it'll say, you know, I, I try to push the EV button to, to you know, start off. We always play this game. How much, mm-hmm. how much miles per gallon can we get, especially after we just fill up? We try to keep it at like 70 or nice. something. But uh, it's not, it's not bad, bad, but it, it, it does seem like the, the cold in the morning was well, I would take it in there it. and have it checked because, yeah. like I say, those batteries are very expensive. I know it's under warranty right now, right. but it's better to get it taken care of now. Yep. Excellent. Without a doubt. Yes. Excellent. So what more about uh, the, the kids or the kids, the people who are changing and going into a, a mechanic what are some of the options of studying like at at different technical schools what what can is there do you, you just do you become a mechanic and then you specialize or can you start off the gate 
in uh, different areas? In different areas in what sense, just so I'm clear. I think she's talking about, you know, you can start off at automotive. Everybody goes to automotive, and right. then they can branch off and say they want to do diesel over here. They want to, you know, branch okay. off from one okay. to the other. So with with that, there is an option because we have our automotive program. That's a standalone with the automotive manufacturers. We have the diesel program as a standalone with the diesel manufacturers. But they also have – you could do a combination program where you could do auto and diesel to get the certifications for everything and the ASCs and all that. And that just ends up being a year and a half because you're adding on the, the diesel. But it's also diesel industrial, meaning it's not just working on big rigs. It's the generators. It's heavy equipment. Like the logging companies out here really love our graduates because they can not only fix the engine on the front end loader – but if the boom or the shovel stops working, they could also fix the hydraulics. So those companies know they could hire one UTI graduate versus a hydraulics technician and a diesel technician. Way to go, Pine Belt. So how do we get to uh, Pacific Manufacturer uh, courses? Well, some of them, the students can apply for those. But others, such as, say, Peterbilt, Peterbilt requires straight-A students, and so... With that, the student has to interview with Peterbilt. Upon acceptance, then they get sent to Peterbilt School, which gets them the Peterbilt qualifications. However, since they've been accepted for that, Peterbilt pays for their school. On the automotive side, I'll just say Mercedes-Benz. So Mercedes-Benz, if they apply for Mercedes-Benz, it's the same thing. where They go to Mercedes-Benz School, and they actually complete 100% of the academic requirements to becoming a Mercedes-Benz master technician. And that's also paid by Mercedes-Benz. Awesome. And uh, are you are you having folks, are there lots of people applying? Are, are kids getting into uh, kids? I keep saying kids. So do I. Are folks, are a lot of students applying to technical colleges for this? There are. Throughout the local community colleges, throughout UTI, there are a lot because there are so many opportunities out here. It just, it would make your head spin with how much need there is for professional technicians. So are we behind on technician training? Behind on the training? No. As a whole? No, we're not behind on the training as far as the training being set up. We're behind on getting enough graduates to the industry. That's where we're behind. So, um... If we're uh, behind on getting the grad, the students in, how how much? Well, really, say what can we do to get our students where they have that passion for automotive? How do you get them the passion to want to drive? My kids, it <laughs> that's that true. was that my true. kids. You know, they just didn't want to drive. You know, they don't want. They weren't interested in sitting in the front. They weren't interested in seeing how you drive. They weren't interested in maps. There's so much competing for their attention. Well, you know, I was thinking about, you know, he was saying that they had to make straight A's. I don't think that's the only thing y'all teach uh, students to in order to get in the workforce. I think y'all teach some of these soft skills for students yes. to get in the work- workforce. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So it's really an all-encompassing program. So like you said, it's all obviously the mechanic skills and being a technician. But we also train them on the soft skills, how to run a service department, customer service skills, doing the parts, ordering, writing up work orders, warranties, and all that. So that's really – it's kind of a 
covering all bases. And, you know, our kids, our students actually do graduate with an associates of science degree because of all the STEM curriculum. However, we, we don't, they're not required to take any kind of academic courses. So there's no math, English, science, or anything like that. It's 75% hands-on in the shop, all technician training. All right. right. Our email address where you can send in your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Our guest is Larry Pluchak, and he's helping us learn about mechanics training between your car repair questions. We've got a call. We've got an email. What we're going to do. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton's High School Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. And, man, I hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. If you go on vacation, if you go on a cruise, well, not on a cruise because the Internet is really bad on a cruise. It really is. But if you are on a vacation somewhere, don't forget you can still keep up with the MPB news and all the your MPB local shows and uh, NPR shows on the MPB Public Media app in addition to clicking that Join MPB, the support button at the top, to make a contribution because we need your contributions and we appreciate them very much. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, on Tuesday, the White House announced 23 bridge projects in 23 states received grants to fund the planning of the newly federally funded infrastructure effort. The Bipartisan Infrastructure Laws Bridge Investment Program is set to provide $12.5 billion over five years towards building and repairing and replacing bridges across the country. But Mississippi wasn't one of the 23 (laughs) states. So, but next time, next time it'll be us. We're talking about mechanic training with our guest from UTI, Larry Pluchak, and we'd love for you to email us your questions auto at mpbonline.org. One thing real quick, I'm going to put on the information for this show. MPB's education department has a fantastic getting to work webpage, getting to work, T-O.mpbonline.org. And they have some cute videos on soft skills on how to interact with uh, customers and things like that. They also have some videos on, on different uh, different sectors of the economy and what are some jobs and how to what a job might look like. So I'll be sure to have that gettingtowork.mpbonline.org on the show's page for this show. Let's go to our line one. Uh, someone was having a problem with the windshield. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What you got for Coach Charlie? Yeah, we got a 1992 Chevrolet pickup, and we got a windshield. I mean, I say a windshield. It's a leak on the right, I mean, on the left side. Just on the driver's side, it leaks when it rains or whatever. And But you can't figure out where it's coming from. Well, you know, being a 1992, that's um, quite a few years back, 20 years back. Uh, on that vehicle there, uh, when they put those windshields in, they put a uh, some type of sealant 
in there in order for that windshield to sit in. And over the time period, that sealant cracks because it gets old. And so it cracks. And most likely the only way you're going to find it is they're going to remove that chrome molding at the top of that windshield and then put some water down there. And then you'll be able to find out where that leak is on that windshield. Okay. Well, I had, uh, this has been done on quite a while now. I had the windshield replaced and then, uh, I noticed it kind of not long after it got replaced that that happened. So then I took it back to the place where they put the windshield in and they said, no, everything was sealed like it was supposed to be. Well, the only place that it can come in on that windshield, especially on that pickup truck, is where the sealant and the windshield comes together. If they didn't put it in there and they didn't press it down completely, they can leak gaps in there, and it will leak because you don't you don't have a sunroof on that particular vehicle, right? Right. No. Okay, if you don't have a sunroof, you don't have vents coming down, and that is the only way. It, do you know if it's leaking from – can you see where the water is coming down? Is it coming from the bottom or it's the top? Can you even see that? Or is it just in the floorboard? It's just in the floorboard. Okay, well, if it's just in the floorboard, like I say, it could be right at the bottom. They might have not got that uh, sealant smooth enough where it's set down in there. And, you know, that's what I would go back to them again and say, hey, it's still leaking. It didn't leak until y'all put the windshield in. How many chances should he give him? Well, you can, give it a couple, you can give it a couple of times. If not, then I'd call the Better Business Bureau and uh, then just tell them you're going to call the Better Business Bureau and then they'll check it out a little bit harder. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Hope that helps. Yeah, you, because if you go anywhere and purchase anything, you want to give them the ability to make it right, but... At some point, you need to. I need to speak to your manager. I right. need to tell somebody. They have a warranty. A lot of places have, especially if you buy parts and labor and all that. They either have a year warranty on parts, somewhere thirty six thousand miles on parts, and then the labors can it be anywhere from ninety days to a year on labor. Yep. All right, let's go to Dylan, who's called in from Biloxi. Dylan, we're so glad that you've called into uh, AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Uh, first, the question is about the, uh, I'm retired from the military, and I just heard, and I've been interested in the automotive field. How, how, how long is the school to get into a, like a, you know, a certified position? Well, the average length of time that you'll spend it at school is about 13 months. It depends on which program you're interested in, whether it's diesel or auto or some of our other programs, and which manufacturer, because the manufacturers have their specific time. So do you have, are you thinking automotive or diesel, or what are your thoughts there? Uh, automotive, definitely. Okay. And as far as a, a factory program, would you be, do you have a favorite brand or? Ford. Okay. So the Ford program, you would be in school for 15 months. So that would get you, the core program is all brands, cars, trucks, SUVs, Toyota, Ford, Chevy, Dodge, and then your fact program would be everything dodge and um, lincoln and let's give you another little okay, thing so I- i'm sorry uh let me tell you a little thing about that that as you're going through the electronics <laughs> or the brakes or the engine or the transmission each one of those courses are three weeks every course changes in three weeks so you wouldn't be in one course for six months you'll change constantly on those uh different areas of the vehicle as well okay do they take um the gi bill yes sir Okay, and the other question is about my windshield. I have a 2015 Ford Explorer, and it's like 
seven hundred dollars the cheapest uh, quote I've had to, to uh, get a windshield uh, replaced. Are there any cheaper avenues? Like I searched online and can't find any anything cheaper. Is there any avenues to get a windshield wholesale and then have somebody else put it in? Well, most companies don't do that. Most companies going to want to put their own windshield in now because you're not a wholesaler, so you can't go out and buy those windshields. Um, I'm going to tell you the main thing, if you're going to get a windshield and you're going to get it replaced, make sure you take it somewhere that can, if there's any recalibrations that have to be done, that they have the tools to recalibrate anything on that windshield. Because if not, none of those things will work correctly. You'll be running off the road and you're supposed to be going straight. So you want to make sure that calibrations are that they can do the calibrations on the vehicle i don't know if you have any on yours but just want to make be very careful about that okay so basically i'll just go ahead and go ahead and pay a a regular profession i can't i can't buy it somewhere else and and have somebody put it in because they might not know how to do the calibration right they probably wouldn't have the yeah they probably wouldn't have the tools to do the calibration so you want to make sure you take it to a reputable dealer especially if you're getting a windshield now and the calibrations are not correct the warranty uh now you start affecting the warranty of the vehicle and to add on to that and another thing to think about with that is typically when if you do find an aftermarket company that can replace your windshield and you do have to make those calibrations they're going to tell you to go to the dealership to get those calibrations done anyway right so cut out the middleman go to the professionals okay i would appreciate that's very helpful thank you oh wait one more question oh, okay. how would i how would i find out how to sign up for that forward uh thing so i can uh i'll give you my cell phone number and you can call me later on this afternoon and then i'll walk you through putting in the uh, information for yourself so let me know when you're ready uh, sure. When okay, what? Hang on. One thing. One question. If I had a Toyota and I needed to, and it had all the bells and whistles, and I needed to get the windshield replaced, is there a Toyota link that says X Y Z A B C can calibrate places, or do the places say on their website, "Hi, I'm." Uh, pink puppy auto glass and i can do toyota once again is taking it to a reputable dealer like safe light uh the bigger companies are going to have the up-to-date tools to recalibrate that because they're putting their reputation on the line when they do that and the insurance and a lot of times you can check with your insurance and they will send you to a place that can put that windshield in correctly okay or you could call the dealer direct because that's what i did for my car i called the dealer and i asked him who they used Oh, okay. Because I drive a Mercedes. Right. So I called the Mercedes dealer. I said, who do you all use that can calibrate? And they gave me the only Mercedes-authorized windshield replacement in New Orleans. All right. Uh, Larry is going to give Dylan and anybody else uh, a cell phone number in case. And this will also be on the information page for the show. So my direct number, Dylan, is 985-804. Six four four four. All right, and we'll have Dylan. We'll have that information on the web page also, in case you can't read your writing, which always happens to me. <laughs> We're discussing mechanical training and taking your repair questions. Don't forget, you can send your email questions to our address auto at mpbonline dot org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. Oh, he was all excited. This is a, uh, well, I'll go ahead and tell you. It's a Ford Escape plug-in hybrid. And 
we'll be listening to that. And don't forget, you can also find Casey as Auto Casey on YouTube. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. If you've been reading all the news reports about electric vehicles and you're intrigued but not quite ready to go full electric, I think the vehicle we have this week is the one for you. It's the 2022 Ford Escape plug-in hybrid with a titanium package. So titanium means it has the luxury package on it. It means a lot more chrome on the outside. You've got the 18-inch alloy wheels. Inside, you've got the contrasting color, leather seats, light wood grain, B&O audio system, and all the upscale features you want. And, of course, all the crash avoidance systems. But underneath the skin is where it gets interesting. So if you plug it in, you get 37 miles, all electric range. Then after that, the 2.5-liter gasoline engine fires up. If you're running on gas, you're getting about 40 miles per gallon. So a pretty good combination of electric range and good fuel economy. And out on the highway, drove about 700 miles. It really was a joy to drive. Just, just handles very well. So let's talk about price. The plug-in hybrid starts right at $35,000. This one, with everything on it, $43,025. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Hey, stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. I was just thinking about since we're talking about mechanical fields, it doesn't really have to be mechanical fields. Any field that you may want to go into, please do the research. Make sure that you get the knowledge of everything about that career and then make an informed decision before you go in that career. Awesome. Now, uh, Larry, our guest is Larry Pluchat, who is from UTI. Uh, our show started... five years ago, 2018, maybe four years ago. And our first host was uh, Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. Nice. Tell us a little bit about ladies and lady students and ladies in the mechanical fields. You know, this is, there's a big push to get uh, young ladies and women in this industry and I'm a real big proponent of that myself. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a couple stories. I mean, when you look at women and men, you could d- disagree with me all you want, but the fact of the matter is typically women have more patience and they pay attention to detail better than men. So with that being the case, that makes them perfect technicians. So there's a dealership in uh, D'Arberville called Galleria BMW. They have a shop form in there that's master certified BMW, the M line, their electric vehicles, and her name is Samantha. She is an absolute rock star, one of the best BMW technicians in the South. I was blessed with four daughters myself, and thank God one of them is like dad. And my daughter just graduated from UTI. She took the auto and diesel program, and she was just recently hired by Land Rover Jaguar. So there are so many initiatives to help women in the industry. There's a new program called Ignite which is inspiring girls in technical education. And they have scholarships specifically for young ladies and women to get in this industry. So I, I'm super excited about it. I know my, when my brother needed his headlamp 
bulb changed, I had the smallest hands, so I was able to get in there. But Allison said she didn't like working with tires because they were too heavy. They were too heavy heavy to lift. You know, I was thinking about what Larry said earlier, talked about STEM programs. I know that we talk about STEM programs on this uh, in the state of Mississippi quite a bit. Tell us some of the STEM programs that y'all have at uh, UTI. Well, with STEM, we all know that. And if you don't know, it's science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's where we got the approval, finally, to offer degrees for our graduates because all of that STEM is incorporated throughout the entire program. And with it being a year, it's still 60 credit hours. You just go to school every day, so it's like finishing a two-year school in one year. And because of all that STEM, that correlates to general education classes at a community college. So not only can you get certifications for the mechanical field, you can get a associate's degree as well if you go through the right courses and all through the UTI. Correct. And National Honor Society, everything that you could get out of college. Okay. Well, Except ac- academic classes. Except academic classes. Well, you know, if you're talking about training for the future, I think that UTI, the junior colleges, and the high schools all need to be on the same page talking about future technology and how we're going to get there and how we're going to be trained to work on it because we live in a service economy. Correct. And by living in a service economy, that means that we're not going to send our car over to Japan to get fixed, that we have to be able to fix it here no more than if it's a Ford or if it's a BMW or whatever it may be, that we're in a service economy. We have to be able to train our society in order to be able to fix with the new technology. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also uh, an industry that's never going to go away. You know, you, you look back in the pandemic and they were talking about essential employees, doctors and nurses and EMT and firefighters. But what really wasn't talked about was how do they get where they need to go? So it's kind of like the unsung heroes is all these technicians. So it's a recession proof industry and it's a career path that you'll always be employable. So that means that the uh, technician field uh, has is going to continue to grow. Absolutely. Not go down, even if we have electric vehicles or whatever type of vehicles you have. I think it'll get even bigger when it's electric vehicles because it is what it is. You get some of the older generation technicians, they want to rip apart an engine and a transmission. You don't do that anymore. So they're like, well, that was my passion. I don't do that anymore, so I'm going to retire now. So we had to have the new and upcoming um, generation to get into this industry in order for this industry to survive. Correct. Let's do an email real quick that we got from Barbara. Hi, I love your show. I know nothing about cars. (laughs) Although when I had my first Volkswagen, I used to change the oil and spark plugs. Well, good for you, Barbara. However, now I have my oil changed regularly like my dad told me I should do. I'm 75 years old now. I forget how many thousands of miles, but the mechanic leaves a little note on the top of my windshield, and I go by that date or the amount of mileage. However, my husband thinks that after he checks the oil, pull the stick out, it still looks clear on the end of the stick, he thinks it's fine and it doesn't need changing. So he's waiting for it to go dark before he gets an oil change. I think that's asking for trouble. Who knows? So, Coach, we're going to add marital... dispute settler to this well you know you used to change oil uh every 
3,500 miles. That was the thing to do. But today's vehicles have got uh, better. The oil has got better. There's more additives in the oil. Now, just because the oil is dirty doesn't mean that it's bad because a lot of vehicles you put oil in it and as it runs through the engine a few times, it gets dark. But if you're not going... Um, you know, if you're not in an environment where there's dust and all this going on, you just go by what the manufacturer says, just change it at that interval. And most vehicles today do have a, a, a oil change interval on the vehicle, a sensor, and most of the time that will work unless you're in a harsh environment. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's going to wrap us up for today's show. Thank you so much, Larry Plutarch from UTI. Thank you for having me. It's been a great day. Okay. Our crew today is Jay White and our intern, Charles Arnold. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.